Hello and welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I am Ross. And I am Gordon. Good to see you, sir. Hope all is well. All is good. All is good. So, it seems like every year about this time, there's some people start asking about photo editors that aren't on a monthly subscription and will work as long as you own them and your computer and operating system supports them. Now, I seem to recall that you mentioned this just now, that I seem to recall that in episode 143 or something thereabouts, we did a piece looking at the pros and cons of the various... uh, Uh, models, the subscription versus non-subscription, both uh, from the end user and the provider point of view. I don't think we actually talked about what was available. And if it was more than a year has passed, uh, that would be pretty much irrelevant anyway. Well, you're right. And as this is, to your point, episode 219, it has been more than a year. And, of course, software changes all the time. And we've continued to see the trend that a lot of software vendors go, are going, or have gone subscription and some some time ago. And there's a very practical reason for the software vendors to do that. It's a constant inflow of cash. They're looking for cash flow, whereas a perpetual license, you get the money once and then maybe you never see it again because the software just keeps working. But we're also seeing in the marketplace as a whole an increasing number of end users who find the ongoing charges onerous. And while they're getting more regular updates, they're not getting any real tangible value from them or they're so confusing They're just not using them. And you and I have had chats about all the new stuff in Lightroom and how we've had to do tutorials for existing Lightroom users just to get them up to speed. Moreover, there's a continuing real fear that people using subscription products will not be able to work with their images at all when the subscription expires, either due to proprietary file formats or due to proprietary uh, cataloging systems. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I'm hearing that more and more, and uh, fairly strong opinions on that. Uh, is Is it as big a concern as they're making it out to be? It depends, obviously. But as a generality, if you stop the subscription, your originals are untouched. And any edits that you made and exported as standalone files will be fine. But you'll no longer be able to use the editing tools. Lightroom Classic, for example, will still let you go to get your images in a catalog, but you won't be able to do anything with them in Lightroom. And if you are not using the XMP option that most people don't use, any edits that you made and didn't export are going to be lost. It's a fear that subscription tools leverage in order to keep subscribers attached, even if there is not a loss of originals because 
the time to recreate those edits would be uh, significant for many mm -hmm. people. Well, that sounds kind of uh, scummy. But how does one know for sure? Well, this is the challenge, of course, because what you need to do is head over to whomever your software provider is and in their FAQ or do a hunt to find what their rules are when you cancel a subscription. This should be current. I did some research, and unfortunately, it's not all current and certainly not all didn't survive the Klingon to English translation. <laughs> uh, it English is Klingons. <laughs> it's a very powerful language, Klingon. <laughs> uh, interestingly, the subscription rules are also covered in the agreement that everybody clicks okay on that no one actually reads, also known as the end user licensing agreement. You know, that thing that says click okay if you want to use this software after you read the 130 pages that mm -hmm. nobody reads? Yeah, that one. That one, okay. All right, so let me play the devil's advocate for a moment before we move on. So, as I am seeing things, if we have access to the originals, processed or not, one has not really lost anything. The post-processed image is still there. If need be, it can be reworked in whatever program you happen to be using at that moment. But to my way of thinking, the number of times one would be inclined to do that would be extremely rare. So even with the perpetual license, the same would happen if your computer and operating system became defunct. Or am I missing something? Well, you're not really missing anything except the amount of time required to redo edits if you lost the edits when the subscription expired. Because remember, if you lost the edits, yes. You don't necessarily get to keep the edits unless you've already exported the file. Right. And most people export as a JPEG. Right. So you've got a lot of destructive work that's happening at that point. Most people don't export as a TIFF or as a PSD. And as a consequence, the ability to go in and make further changes becomes very small. But to your point, there may not be a huge number of people who do that. The advantage to a non-subscription system is you never lose your edited versions because you never lose the license. Unless, of course, your computer dies. Right. But in which case, that's why we have backups. Right. Don't we? Don't people do Mostly. that? Yeah. Okay, good. Or should be. Yeah, so I get worried. Okay, so I'm on a subscription, and I'm fine with it. But I have friends who hate the idea. They want something they can use forever, as they are not uh, deep users and don't change their computers and operating systems uh, frequently. The first question is, what is the computer operating system? So if you're looking, you've got to actually pick your operating system first. Or you may not get to pick it because you already bought the darn computer, right? Right. So both Windows and Mac OS have photo applications that come included as part of the operating system. The Mac OS version is 
in a stunning display of simplicity, called Photos. <laughs> right. And Windows has something similar. In fact, I think in Windows 11, it's also called Photos. Okay. Which <laughs> would be really wonderful. These tools offer basic editing functionality as, as well as some very useful automatic functions. You know, like remove background or replace face or stuff like that. And they've got a very short learning curve. And for a lot of people, that may be all they need. Okay, well, that's fair enough. But what if someone wants something with a bit more power, for power but that is still easy to use? Well, there is a marketplace leader in this space that most of the time we don't talk about in photo clubs, you know, where the folks want to get more advanced. But the majority of photographers aren't members of photography clubs or camera clubs. And the product that does extraordinarily well is called ACDC. That's capital A, capital C, capital D, the word C. It's available for Windows and Mac OS, and it delivers a ton of functionality. Now, if you're a Mac OS user, there's a single version of it. But if you're a Windows user... Where the, which is really where the program originated, there are three different price tiers for it, Home, Professional, and Ultimate. Home is a simple basic editor, frankly not a whole lot different from what you're getting natively with Windows or Mac OS. Professional adds some, I, well, you know me on this, so-called AI functions, and it adds the support for the editing of raw images. So that's probably the minimum for anyone who is using more than just JPEG in their camera. The ultimate version adds layer support, as well as some additional graphic design tools. The pro version is $100 US before any promos, and it's a perpetual license, meaning it works so long as you own it, so long as your computer and OS continue to work. Well, that's really quite inexpensive, all things considered. But how come, well, firstly, it's a one-time payment, but it's not really well advertised or spoken about or... Again, I think it's targeted for a different audience. The photographer who just wants simple, basic, high-quality editing with the ability to do the things that they may want to do. Remove a fence post, change a sky, you know, fix Aunt Martha's hair. Right. It's got really great functionality. It's got a really short learning curve. And it's a great price. And it will do most all of what a lot of photographers will need. And certainly everything that a picture taker will ever need. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so I, I understand that. But what about photog uh, the photographic editor, designer that wants more? Specifically, a Photoshop-like experience. Does Adobe still make the Photoshop elements that I remember vaguely from when I first started? Well, in fact, they do. And Photoshop Elements remains a perpetual license. It offers probably 90% of the Photoshop photographic functions, but it doesn't look like Photoshop. It's got a much simpler and shorter learning curve. And for 100 bucks US MSRP, 
thing's always on sale. And you can also get a bundle with it with their, let's call it their simpler video editor called Premiere Elements. And you got both. That's a video editor. All right. You got both for 150 bucks. Now, if you're a Windows user, Premiere Elements is a great and easy to use video editor. Not a lot different in terms of functionality from the iMovie application that comes included with Mac OS. And as I was doing the research for this episode, I found that at least at the time we're recording this, which is sort of middle December 2023, you can get both Photoshop Elements and Premiere Elements for 100 bucks US. And they're perpetual licenses. Well, I, you know, you you made the point that for most people, uh, particularly those who have sort of gotten into something like Lightroom, Lightroom Classic or something, where they're not doing a lot of stuff other than basic editing, I sure, I can, I can see this as being a perfectly good solution. And it does have some sort of elements of being able to, well, find your images for one thing. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, does it do everything that regular Photoshop does? No, it doesn't do everything. But as I said, probably 85 to 90% of what most people will ever use. So I'd say it's more than sufficient for most photographers who aren't going to go doing those deep dives into Photoshop. I recall several years ago when I was a teacher for a camera store chain here in Canada, one of my peers was a teacher for Photoshop Elements, and he would challenge people to get him to find something that they wanted done that could not be done in Photoshop Elements. And to my ability to recall, which I admit is not great, (laughs) he was always successful. So, again... Consider that you get the bundle of the two products for 100 bucks US. You pay once, it's a pretty good deal if the product will do the job for you. And to be honest, I think it'll do the job just fine for a lot, a lot of folks. Okay. All right, so I'm going to be the bad guy. What about the options for the deep Photoshop user who hits subscriptions? Easy day. The solution that I'm going to recommend is called comes from a company in France called Serif. And the product is called Affinity Photo 2. It looks and it behaves like Photoshop. And it does a fabulous job. It may not have every alleged AI function, but it's also not consuming extra cost credits in addition to a subscription cost when you use it. Now, I've been an Affinity user since the product first came out, and I use their Affinity Photos version 2, Affinity Designer version 2, and Affinity Publisher version 2, and I use the latter two instead of Adobe Illustrator and Adobe InDesign. I've never been unable to complete a project, and I've saved a ton of money as well. You get all three for about 225 bucks Canadian. Mm-hmm. Now, do. that's, of course, if you need designer and you need publisher, but you can also buy Affinity Photo 2 for about $80. Uh, 
as a standalone, perfectly functional product. And if you have any knowledge of Photoshop, you can start using it right away. Hmm. This is starting to sound pretty attractive. Now, uh, you just mentioned something about credits being consumed. Is this something that's come in recently? Maybe we should mention it a bit. Uh, well, I talked about this in a recent article on the photovideoguy.ca. So then, what I'm hearing from you is that if you are happy with the Adobe subscriptions, like the Photographer's Bundle, then stick with it. But if not, there are really good non-subscription offerings available at fairly low one-time purchase prices. There certainly are. Look, we recognize that Adobe is the gorilla in the room, but there are other options available in the room as well. Well, yeah, it's the gorilla in the room, but for the majority of us, I, I'm starting to question whether we actually need a big gorilla or whether we can make do with some little gorillas. I noticed uh, you did not mention On One and Luminar Neo. Any reason for that? Well, my own experience, the products are fine. But they're moving rapidly to subscription, if not already there. Or there's a new version every year, which is a basically a buy again. Luminar has already announced that come 2024, Neo is going to be subscription only. And as a software company, I understand why they might do that. But maybe that's not what folks want. It means the cost may get out of hand over time for a lot of folks. And again, there are those big upgrades every year, and then you either find yourselves left behind because there's been so much new stuff added, or you're behind the learning curve again, or you're paying for stuff that you're not actually needing or using. It's personal choice. I've owned both On One and Luminar in the past, paid for the licenses, but I don't own them anymore. All right, well, it's the bad guy here again. You've made a good case for the presence of non-subscription products that will deal with the photo editing aspects. So much so that I'm tempted to go exploring. But while not a subscription versus perpetual license issue, I've not heard much about their asset dead digital asset management capabilities. And since I've been with the camera club, I personally cannot see how I would function without that. Well, I think it's an interesting question because for the last several years, most camera and photography clubs have been focused around Adobe Lightroom Classic. But Adobe's putting their emphasis more and more into Adobe Lightroom which runs on a desktop, just like Classic. But it doesn't have a digital asset manager at all. And as a support professional, alleged professional, I see more questions about Lightroom's library function, we call that the digital asset manager, every single week than I do pretty much anything else to do with Lightroom. There are a lot of folks who find its power extraordinarily confusing and you and I both know 
of people who hate the idea of letting any application control how they store their photos. They want to put them in their own folders, in their own way, move them around outside of the application, which we know is a very Lethal. bad thing That's if you Lethal. do that and you're using Lightroom Classic. So, you know, it's a personal choice again. The most hated thing in Lightroom Classic is the library. ACDC does, in fact, sell a very rich digital asset management add-on for those who want it. Adobe Lightroom, let's call that the non-classic version, doesn't have a damn at all. Luminar made one, and it didn't go anywhere. Capture One made one, and it's gone. Adobe Bridge is still used by lots of folks who don't want a digital asset manager. It works very well. It has no asset management functions in it. And looking at our own club membership, I was surprised to find that over a third are not using Lightroom. Which means we need to be more open to other alternatives in our tutorials. Mm -hmm. So... Again, a lot of these users are quite content to manage their own file structure. They still have keywording, albums, groupings, and all that stuff, but not without a digital asset manager sitting on top of it. Whether you use one or not is a personal choice. Now, if you find it useful and you're comfortable with the subscription, you should keep doing it. You know, from, from what you've at least uh, impressed upon me, in the last little while, is the use of collections and uh, using using uh, virtual uh, aspects to have various versions of of an image without consuming huge amounts of disk space. And I really, uh, firstly, I I can't see the people that get upset about this thing. I um, I don't know what they're getting upset about because it seems maybe my brain is scrambled and I go in different directions, but I find it perfectly logical. I mean, you can have whatever file structure you want, and yeah, Lightroom Classic will do that for you. It'll keep track of it. It doesn't care what you do as long as you do it through them, not somewhere else. But not having some collections or virtual things where I can have different aspects or having a file in numerous different spots. I mean, I've got grandkids. There may be grandkids playing soccer. Maybe the same grandkid is, you know, having a birthday party. And uh, how many places do I have to put them in? Well, let's be clear on this. You're accustomed to Lightroom Classic. I am, but I usen't to be. But you found value in using tools called collections, called virtual copies. Yes. Which are ways to manipulate the digital asset manager. Yes. There are other ways to manipulate file structure that don't involve collections or virtual copies. Okay. And in, I think it's fair that if we would have to do a really deep dive into some of these other products that don't have a dam because they do have ways to do that to say better or worse. I've got so many images in Lightroom Classic now going back 
a very long time. Let's not go there, yes. <laughs> um, that it's very comfortable for me. I have no, you know, the, what is it, 20 bucks a month it costs? Yeah. I'm not worried about that. But for other people... Apparently it is. And it, it, uh, is a, it is a bigger concern. Maybe you know? I shouldn't be... No, I mean, I think it's up to each individual person. Your point is well taken. But think of it this way. It's 100 bucks once or 240 bucks a year plus tax. Right. And if you don't need all the functions, well, maybe that's well, not the best investment. Sure. Granted. So again, it really <clears throat> comes back to freedom of choice. Okay. So, all right. I think this episode will be helpful to those who do not like subscriptions and want decent general use photo editors without a huge expense. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the whole goal, right? How do you keep the cost down as much as possible without giving up on the kind of tools and functionality that you need? Now, if you're a pro and you're looking for a really high-end editor that isn't Photoshop, for example, that is designed to do the kind of editing that you might do in a Lightroom Classic, for example, there is one I do recommend. It's called Capture One. But it's not inexpensive, and its learning curve is, let's just say it's not shallow. It's fairly deep, massively powerful. But again, probably not the tool for the people who are concerned no, about a subscription uh, model. No, that seems to be the, th the thought that keeps recurring here, is that, yes, if you want the basics, there's stuff out there that you can use to your advantage. If you want, or if you are the kind of person who needs to go deep or do the things that these um, switching from Lightroom Classic to Photoshop and back again, and, well, if you need to do all that on a regular basis, then maybe these other programs are not for you. You should suck it up, pay the subscription, and get your job done. That seems to be the message I'm getting out of out of this. I think that's pretty reasonable. It's the right answer. Okay. Pick the tool that suits your job. Don't don't let the tool define the workflow. Yeah, absolutely. Let your workflow define the tool. So, thanks as always to our listeners. If you enjoy or appreciate what you hear, please don't forget to go to the main site. And subscribe to both the articles and the podcast. If you like a particular instance, please click the buy me a coffee donation link and you can make a donation to help us keep things going around here. If you shop at BH Photo Video, please use the link on the main page. It pays a small commission here, but costs you nothing extra. For the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast, I'm Ross. I'm Gordon, and, and thanks for listening. And we bid you peace.